Tuesday, Vayetze, Shir 427, we begin Perak Ches, Hilchas Tefillin. It's a very interesting halacha over here. So there's something called a parsha that's psucha and a parsha that's stuma. And there's a big machlaikis rishayinim how to translate a psucha and a stuma. So the Rambam begins like this. Parsha psucha, yeshla shtet suris. There's two ways that you can have a parsha psucha. Im gamar be'emtza ashita. Let's say a guy finishes the, the row in the middle of the row. You leave the rest of the row open. There's a parsha psucha. And the next parsha, which is supposed to be a psucha, you start in the beginning of the next row. Like this picture, it means the row on top stopped in the middle of the row or towards the end of the row. And the next row starts in the beginning. It's only... If the top row has a spot of nine uh, letters left, if you only have a drop, let's say you finished the row before at the end of the row. So now, how do you have a psucha? So the Rambam has an interesting shita. You leave the next row completely open. So there has an interesting shita that if you ex- if you finished the top row, the top line, and then you want to make a psucha, so what you do is you skip the middle row, you leave it completely empty, and then the next row you begin at the beginning of the row, and according to the Rabbim shita, that makes the next row considered a psucha. That's the Rabbim shita. That's if you have fewer than nine. Other Yishayim disagree with the Rambam. That's the Rambam's sheet. That's the game more when it comes to tefillin. It gets very complicated. What's considered psucha and stuma? That's the Rambam says. What's stuma? Halacha beizu parsha stuma. What's a parsha stuma? Yeshla shalish tzuris. There are three kinds of stumas. Im gomer beemtsa shita. If you finish in the middle of the row, meniach revach kishir. You leave a space. Umas chalichte b'seif hashita. And then you start the next parsha, which is stuma. You start at the end of the row. So you have a space in the middle of the row. That's fine. If there's not enough to leave enough of a space that there should be a revach in the middle, and you won't have enough to write one word at the end of the row. So what you should do is leave the whole thing empty. So now, you, you, there's not enough space on the line. So leave the whole thing empty till the end of the line. But what makes it a stuma? You live a little space in the beginning of the next row. So then you start the next line a little bit into the row, and according to the Rambam Shita, that's considered a stuma. So you have a little bit empty on top, and a little bit empty on bottom. Let's say you finish at the end of the row. Is the space, is the space left below the row less than the space with the pesucha? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't have to be less because the Rabbim Shita is that if the next row, if you leave a little space in the beginning of the next row, that's also fine. Uh-huh. So that's that's why that's what makes it a stuma. Let's say you finish at the end of the row. So what makes it a stuma? You leave some space in the beginning of the next row. 
So the top row is completely, top line is completely full, and you leave a little space in the beginning of the next line. That's a parsha stuma. Always starts in the beginning of the row. And a parsha stuma always starts in the middle of the row. That's how the Rabbim understands psucha and stuma.